Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Into footnotes on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, one hundred four one Lake Charles. The game hotline is 706-0111 on a Monday. We normally have open phone lines for two hours on a Monday, and we do again today. And what, man, is there a lot to talk about? Unbelievable, all the things that have happened all the weekend from college sports um, disappointing weekend for the softball team. I think an encouraging weekend uh, for the baseball team. I understand they didn't get a sweep, but I, I, I saw a lot of things we've been looking to see for the baseball team, and we'll talk about that as it goes on. Um, since we last spoke, LSU has a different head men's basketball coach, so that I'm sure raised quite a few eyebrows. And, and, and I've heard people asking Raymond um kind of got into this why is Will Wade no longer the coach I just think it's different when you fire a coach because you've reached the conclusion and again to Jeff's point maybe that conclusion should have been reached three years ago that that is relevant but I guess we've already gone down that road so once they got to the to that point, it's not like they were firing him because he didn't win enough. He won enough. They weren't firing him for performance or lack thereof. They were firing him because um, he behaved in a way that was not suitable to be the coach. So if you once you reach that conclusion, whether it's one year too late, two years too late, three years too late, once you reach that conclusion, then he can't coach no more. I mean, I... Uh, you know, this isn't, well, you didn't do a good enough job of winning, and so we're firing you. We're just going to let you. That's not it. That's you apparently don't have enough character or standards or whatever. They reach conclusions, so at that point, you, you can't coach no more. So that part makes sense to me. Um, now, again, when they did it and why they did it and all, I, I, we could certainly debate all of that and if we ever know all the details, and maybe we could – have better opinions on that, but very quite, very, very interesting for sure. LSU, again, I anybody who watches a lot of college basketball certainly feel free to call. And again, the number seven zero six zero one one one, and let me know if you think that um, I'm wrong. I think LSU is in the easiest of the four regionals. Now, again, I'm not saying they're going to blow through it and it's easy. Or, but if I just look at all the teams, the top, you know, the one seed and the two seed, all the way up until about six or seven seed, I, I, it seems as if normally my impression is you look at these regionals and there's one that's a lot tougher than the rest. It seems like... The West, the East, and the South are about the same. And I, I, I think the Midwest is a little bit behind those three. So 
on paper, it seems like the committee did a, a, a better job than it normally does. But, again, that's just an impression of someone who follows college basketball um, not real closely, nothing like we follow, you know, the Sunbelt Conference or the SEC or the NFL or Major League Baseball. So I think um, just some general impressions. And so if there's anyone out there who is a huge college basketball fan – and it really follows all this. I'd like to hear your opinion on that. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I, I think LSU's in the easiest regional. They play Iowa State, and then if they win, they play the winner of Wisconsin and Colgate, and we'll see how they do. Like, there's no way of predicting how LSU's going to play after what they've been through. And, uh, the, you know, with their, with their head coach, cert, certain, suddenly just, boom, you're gone. So, that's to that's a total guessing game. I um, we won't do it right now, but maybe in the second hour we'll go through. And if you you know want to call and say so and so got a raw deal and in, in that I, I do want to. Man, I, I I I compare a lot of times with college athletics. I'll compare. Man, can you imagine if we did this in 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 pro sports? I don't. I don't know if I'd make it. I, I just. If pro sports was more like college athletics, I don't think I would make it. I mean, I. I had enough a rough enough time last year with with the Saint seasons. If I had to worry about a committee's opinion about whether I should be in the postseason or not, oh. I mean, they they would. You know, can you imagine the Astros two years ago? If there was a committee, they wouldn't have been in. And they were one win away from going to the World Series. Uh, you know, just the Saints, they wouldn't they would hardly ever put the Saints in if it was up to a committee's opinion. Um it, it's I, I, I don't know how college sports fans who have a temperament and a passion and obviously if you 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 don't have to pay too much attention to know there are plenty of college fans that have lots of passion towards whatever team they support. I don't know how they do it. I really don't. But anyway, again, the game hotline is 706-0111 if you would like to get in. Huge news in the NFL circles since we last spoke on Friday. Uh, you know, I, when the Aaron, no, when the Russell Wilson trade was made, to the Broncos last week, I asked a question, and I think mo we didn't get a lot of callers, but seemed like most of the callers we got were like they wouldn't be willing to do an equivalent-type trade involving the Saints. Well, here we are in a very similar situation. Um, some of the trade rumors that you hear one of them that I heard yesterday, I, I think you probably have to do it. Three first-round pick and Chauncey Garner-Johnson. I mean, I love having Chauncey Garner-Johnson, and, and you love first-round picks. I think for a young franchise quarterback, you'd have to do that. I heard another one, that, I, and I don't know where Ryan Ramchek's name keeps coming into this. It just... 
If you lose Armstead, you're going to get rid of Armstead and Ramchek, and plus all the money that it would take, the dead money that Ramchek carries with. I don't, I don't get the Ryan Ramchek thing. I'm not saying it's impossible. I have no idea. We're all speculating, but I really don't get Ramchek how he fits into this trade rumor. But I mean, I saw one yesterday: three first-round picks and Davenport and Gus. And Ramchak, I'm like, what? I, I, I just, that seems a little bit over the line to me. Um, I guess you'd be okay with three players, but not three elite players. You know, the Broncos gave up a good defensive tackle in Shelby Harris. He's good. He's good. You know, he's him and Gus are in similar categories. Uh, Fant is, I think, really talented, has a high ceiling for a future, but but he's not done what Ramchek is. I guess Davenport and Fan are similar in that you can see their athletic ability, you can see their potential. They hadn't neither one has quite reached it, although I think Davenport looked pretty good last year uh, a lot of the times. So I'd love to hear your opinion on that. I, again, I have some friends who are like Saints fan friends who are like, we got to do it no matter what it takes. I'm like, man, I I agree in in general with you got to do it if you can. I don't know if I go as far as no matter what it takes. See, I'm not a total QW. I understand how important quarterbacks are, but I don't worship them like most of you and so i i just I, I don't think i can go as far as whatever it takes again if you give me three first round picks let's just say and it's just someone saying they don't know anything like it's so funny i saw some rumor you look at these little headline things on, on your phone and i looked at one and it said um Oh, what baseball player was it? Oh, Nelson Cruz. He's deciding between the Dodgers and the Padres. And then that's who he's deciding between. And 20 minutes later, he signs with the Nationals. <laughs> so just because someone says one of these reports doesn't mean it's even even has a chance to be true. I mean, sometimes these reports that we read, these headlines we read, aren't even close. They aren't, they're totally opposite of what reality is. So we we we, we got to understand that when we discuss these things. But again, someone said three first round picks in Chauncey Garner Johnson. I think I could I'd pull the trigger on that. Yes, I'd vote yes. Not that my opinion matters or your opinion matters because we have nothing to do with it. But it uh, I would vote yes on that. But man, if you're talking about three or four frontline players especially offensive linemen. Now, if you tell me we're gonna they're gonna sign Armstead even though he's hurt all the time, um then maybe but man, if you lose Armstead and you lose Williams and then you lose three or four of your best players and three first round picks, whoo man, I I don't know. I don't know if I could vote for that. I don't know if I'm enough of a QW for that. I just, I don't know. I, I, I would love to have the talent of Deshaun Watson. I understand why these discussions are taking place. 
I get that, but mm. and then of course, you know, I wonder in all the years of you know, going back fifty years, has there ever been two Hall of Fame quarterbacks that were as much glory hounds as Brady and Rodgers? <laughs> I guess there's been some over the years where I don't know who. I think Thiesman was a glory hound, but Thiesman, you know, I don't know that anybody's ever put him quite that high in um, stature. I, I don't know if there's ever been two. Hall of Fame quarterbacks in the same era who were as much glory hounds, attention. I mean, just got to have the attention on them than Rodgers and Brady. It's it's crazy. But uh, Brady is back. You know, when it was him saying that he retired, to me, kind of came out of left field because going into this season, I never, I if you'd have said, is Brady retired at the end of the season, I'd have said no. I mean, I... Anybody really think he was retiring after this season? He played well enough. Um, he never gets touched. He just throws it up for grabs. Anytime, any, anytime anybody comes within five yards of him, he just throws it up or throws it away. So he's not really in that. He's in less danger of getting hurt than most quarterbacks out there. So, you know, it kind of came out of left field. Plus, I don't know. I mean, uh, I kind of enjoy beating him. And uh, the Saints have had as much or more success proportionally uh, as any team in the NFL. So I kind of enjoyed. I, I could have. I can handle uh, beating Tom Brady a few more times. And so I wasn't like. I mean, did it? Did if he would have stayed away theoretically, and the Yucks would have just kind of imploded because of that. Um, would it make it easier for the Saints? Yeah, and so I'd vote for that. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm not like crushed or anything because I I'm gonna enjoy beating them, you know. Hopefully, two more times, just like they beat them two more times last this past season and two times the year before that. So, I uh, you know, hopefully the 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 Saints can uh, beat them two more times. That that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of people now believe that. Well, I don't know about a lot, but some people believe that he is going to. Um, San Francisco. Go and play for the cheaters. We will see. All right. Let's do this. We will take a timeout. And when we come back, again, we are out at La Triumph, Chittimacha, Louisiana Open, brought to you by Miss Strauss. And we will be out here all week long. Lots to catch up on. Uh, busy, busy weekend. We'll do more of that when we come back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. March 14th, 2006. New Orleans agrees to terms with former San Diego quarterback Drew Brees to a five-year contract. The deal goes down as perhaps the most notable free agent acquisition in Saints history. That was this day in sports history. 
We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you, we are out at the Chittimacha, Louisiana Open, presented by Mistross. And we want to thank our sponsors for this week out at Lutriump. Tibbs Trailers. You're thinking trailers? Think Tibbs Trailers. Whether you tug it, tow it, or transport it, Tibbs Trailers are, is your headquarters for enclosed fat flatbeds, and hydraulic trailers. You won't find a better selection than Tibbs Trailers between Scott and Dusan, not too far from where I live. Certainly know where that's at. Also, Rope, Soap, and Dope, Acadiana's workplace authority for over 20 years, offers supplies for all your industrial safety and janitorial needs. Online at ropesoapanddope.com or visit the showroom on Highway 90 to find out how they can help your business, the, the Cigar Merchant. You're always welcome to light up at the Cigar Merchant, Acadiana's premier cigar and pipe tobacco shop located in the All Center and, of course, Golf Connection USA, golfconnectionlouisiana.com. Taylor's made stealth drivers are here. Large variety of golf bags and shoes. 2009 West Pinhook Road. Golf Connection USA. Also want to remind you about the ultimate crawfish boil. Brought to you by JJ Exterminating Kramer Equipment and Cody's Crawfish. You can win two sacks of crawfish, a pot, a burner, ice chest, tumbler, chairs, $500 Visa gift card, and tickets to an Astro game. No longer have to question that because baseball season has begun. So sign up today at the Game Rewards Club. You might win the ultimate crawfish ball thanks to the game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station all right we had a again lots to catch up on this weekend we've talked a little bit about the big news that most of us are talking about with the NFL Brady um glory hound Brady coming back for more football hopefully that gives the Saints two more chances to to beat him again that would be nice and uh, you know, we'll see. Does he does he play for Tampa, or does he go like some people think? Um, go play for the Cheaters. That'd be a fitting way for him to end his career to go play for the Cheaters. Um, the um, Jensen just recently signed his center, like yesterday, I believe it was, sometime over the weekend, when there was some talks that he might be leaving, and so. If they're going to trade him, you would think that maybe some players that are free agents would leave because they would be kind of rebuilding a little bit unless they're trying to figure out what to do with Brady before they maybe want to get in on the Deshaun Watson discussion. I don't know how that – it seemed like they – if they're really – if Brady's really coming back, obviously they won't be in on the Deshaun Watson discussion. So I don't know. On Wednesday, 
all the people that are free agents become free agents and things can start happening. So I guess the first sign, biggest sign to me would be how many free agents that the Buccaneers have are going to come back or are they going to be allowed to leave, which would seemingly suggest that they might be more in a uh, a rebuild mode. So that is um, something to keep an eye on. The other thing that's going on, obviously, is Major League Baseball rumors. I've heard a lot of Yankee fans, you know, a lot of people talk about the Yankees nationally. A lot of people talk about the Yankees here. Got several friends who are Yankee fans, and um, they made a huge trade over the weekend. They've been whining about Gary Sanchez for years. They have the most aggravating announcer in the history of professional sports. Um Again, I've said before, I would, you know, he. Every time I hear him, I won't, I would love. I get the big urge to just choke him until his eyes pop out. You know, he is the most aggravating announcer ever, and so he does. He no longer. We no longer have to hear all this silliness with Gio Urshela, because Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez were uh, traded to the Twins. For Josh Donaldson, who it looked like his career was over about a year and a half, two years ago. He he had a pretty good year last year. Hit 20-some homers, drove in 70. The Twins were pretty much a major disappointment last year. But um, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, always struggling with that name. Know a lot about him because he's in, he played for the Rangers. He was in the Astros division. And I got to tell you, I... I missed it. Um, I don't know when he went to the Twins. Like, I didn't even know Isaiah kind of falefa was with the Twins, to be honest with you. Um, I, I kind of didn't pay attention for baseball too much during the whole lockout because, you know, kind of mind over matter. But so, re- apparently recently he was traded to the Twins. So they got Josh Donaldson, Isaiah kind of falefa who could be the shortstop. I mean – I've seen him play multiple positions, but by trade, he's a shortstop. Uh, he's he's not a bad player at all. I mean, he he he, he gets hot at times. Um, he's not an easy out. I, I I think I think Yankee fans were largely like him. Now, I'm not saying he's Trevor Story or Carlos Correa. Not saying that at all. Um, but. He's he's pretty good. I, I think he's a serviceable stopgap, and, and, and you know you could argue that he was the best player on the Twins. I mean, on the uh, Rangers over the last couple years. So, and this minor league catcher who's got a strange name, Ben, not Ben, but Rorvet, or I don't know how to pronounce his name. Anyway, suppose he's a defensive catcher, which is something that Gary Sanchez was not. So you got rid of a serviceable guy, played a little, you know, he did pretty good for you at third, and you got a more of a power-hitting third baseman, and you got rid of a guy who strikes out a lot and who's not fundamentally, real fundamentally sound, always behind the plate, and Yankee fans hate him. So you got rid of one of the guys who you hate as a Yankee fan. So we'll see. Again, that's the beginning of a lot of baseball news over the weekend. 
They were trying to get my, you know, between the end of the football season and the start of Major League Baseball season, the fan part of me kind of gets to relax. I'm bu- really busy at work. It's a huge, very busy time at work. And so I can just kind of focus on that and not worry about being a fan too much. Well, um, the fan part of me is, you know, really got badgered over the weekend, kept poking me because of, one, all this Deshaun Watson talk, trying to figure out, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? How real is this? Or, you know, trying to fig- sort through all of those rumors. And then I hear that the Astros are going after Jorge Soler. Jorge Soler is a beast. That dude is a beast. He's huge. I had him on my fantasy team, I think it was two years ago when he was with the Royals. And, man, he, that dude, he is huge. The problem is he's a DH. Now, he can play the outfield, but he's not a good outfielder. He's a DH. Um, and El Pedro Grande is a DH. So, hmm, I, I don't. If they would get Solaire, I would love to have his bat in the lineup. Don't get me wrong. My question is, how how is this going to go defensively? Because already, if you lose Carlos Correa, which we're about to get to, um, like your defense is already going to be down in the infield. So your outfield, at times over the last three or four years, you've had one of the better defensive outfields in baseball. And now you're looking at if they're really putting – Icky in center field, which is the talk. And and if they end up with Brantley in right, Brantley has no arm. He would be an awful right fielder. And, you know, because you have to put a DH in left, you can't really put a DH in right. Although Solaire theoretically could play right. But, man, you know, you're talking about a bad defensive outfield all of a sudden, going from an elite defensive outfield to a bad one, and that can lose games for you. No question about that. So, um. I don't know. It's interesting offensive. It's very intriguing from an offensive standpoint if that would happen. Defensively, oh, man, I, I don't know how to make – I don't – that's scary. Very, very scary. The Astros also signed Nico Goodrum. You say, why in the world did they sign Nico Goodrum? I, that's a good question. I asked myself that question. And what I came up with was, one, if they don't get Carlos Correa, they need as many potential options – uh, at shortstop as a stopgap. Also, he's very versatile. Astros love versatile players. In addition to playing the ability to play some second and some short, he's also played center field. So he could play center field um, in a pinch and probably give you a little more speed out there. Um, you know, I, I don't. I got to tell you, I haven't watched other than when the Astros played him. I can't tell you how many Detroit Tiger games I've seen. It's not many. Over the last couple years. So I have not. I can't say that I have any memories of watching Nico Goodrum play center field. So I, you know, we'll we'll see how all that plays out. But again, they they love versatile players. It gives them some versatility. Now, um, most experts have kind of and, you know, have thought that. Carlos Correa was leaving. Um, my daughters are all upset because he supposedly traded, you know, got rid of all his Astros stuff. I, I don't know why he did that. I don't worry about that stuff like that. But um, the more that it goes on, 
you're starting to hear some speculation that perhaps he could sign because of how unusual an offseason this was, and he was hoping to break the bank. Uh, as we speak, supposedly the team that is offering him the most money is the Baltimore Orioles, which I could see him going there. I I think he's got – I still, until he proves me wrong, I think he's got too much class to go to the Punks or the Yankees or the Red Sox. We'll see. He might prove me wrong. Um, I could see him going to the Orioles and being a part of a rebuilding team if they're really going to try to rebuild the right way. But uh, because of this offseason has been so strange, I could see him coming back to Houston for one more year and then just sign a one-year deal and then go into next season which theoretically will be a more normal offseason and try to b- break the bank then. The, the the iffy part about that or the risky part about that is if he gets hurt or has a bad year, then, you know, he could he could be hurting himself as far as what he could get. But all very interesting. Again, man, lots going on. We, we've got the NF, big NFL news, tons going on in college, uh, locally with baseball, softball, and or regionally with baseball, softball, as well as the NCAA tournament, and and LSU gets rid of his coach, and then all this stuff going on in the Major League Baseball. Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, we will take a timeout, and when we come back, we'll continue to unpack our bag from a busy, busy sports weekend at the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yeah. Sounds like we were meant to be together, or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Yep. Yep. Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Once again, we are out at Le Triumph for the Chittimacha, Louisiana Open, presented by Miss Strauss. And we just are <coughs> talking about a very busy sports weekend. Also, before we get back to it, I want to remind you about the Hangout Music Festival. Returning this summer to Gulf Shores, Alabama uh, by May. None of us should need jackets or wind or worry about 30-degree temperatures. If you would like to win some VIP passes, real easy to put yourself in position to uh, do that. You need to just go to the game, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. Join their Games Rewards Club, and you might win. You become eligible anyway to win VIP passes to the Hangout Music Festival May 20th through 22nd in Gulf Shores, Alabama, thanks to the game Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. 
We have we've referred to the NCAA tournament, haven't really gotten into it just yet. Um, it is, you know, again, I think from what I saw, just that first glance, pretty pretty good job by the committee. Seemed like better than most years as far as make a pretty good equitable making it a you know kind of an equitable from from region to region if you have any thoughts or want to say man i I just want to give advice to people beware of this team or look out for this team certainly feel free to give us a call if you have any advice on any of that stuff for sure um i um LSU again will play Iowa State. Then if they win that game, they would play the winner of Wisconsin and Colgate. So we'll see if how again to try to predict how LSU is going to play with after losing his head coach. Who knows? Um, I would think that you know they played together all year. It's not like they're just going to. You wouldn't think they would just completely fall apart. The whole NCAA tournament. Uh, conference tournament thing is so complicated to me um on one hand you have teams who go into the tournament and they and most people you know like i'm talking about the guy the teams that are going to be top three or four seeds you know like what does the conference tournament really mean to them in most of our minds not much so they're Many of them, some of them still have the philosophy we're trying to win the conference tournament. I just saw a guy pass by us in a court with a Baltimore Orioles cap. Um, wonder if he's counting, you know, hoping to get Carlos Correa. But anyway, uh, you know, most of us look at these these top three or four seeds going into the conference tournament, not really trying to do a whole lot. And then you have these teams that are on the bubble who are playing these teams who were going to be top three or four seeds, and those games don't mean anything. So can you at the same time, think about this, at the same time, I'm supposed to believe that it's okay if they lose because that game doesn't mean that much to him, to, 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 to you know, the Arizonas of the world or whoever, you know the Gonzagas of the world and the Arizonas and the Baylors and the, the Kentuckys, teams that are, you know, they might get a two or a three or a one or a two, but they're in the tournament and really what are these games? Why are we having to play these games is what they're thinking. They, in other words, kind of the Kim Mulkey mentality there, which is not a new thing that's been going on for 50, 40-something years. But anyway, but at the same time, if you're a bubble team and you beat a team that doesn't really care, those teams want max credit for those wins to try to get them into the tournament. So as a committee member, what am I, it's just so convoluted. Like, do the games matter? Do conference games, they're, they're theoretically postseason games. So the, my, the, the connotation there is that it means more and yet, for the upper division or the top three or four teams in each league, does it, it actually means less than a regular season game means because they're just, you know, they don't really care that much if they win. 
because it's not going to impact them very much. But for a team who's on the bubble, if they beat one of these teams that on paper they don't really care if they win, so how big of a win is that to beat a good team that doesn't really care if they win? I mean, it's just (coughs) – it's crazy to me. So how are you supposed to interpret all that? Um, So, you know, me, I've done it before. Years ago, I haven't done it in a while. You 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 rip the committee. Um, I do think sometimes the committee does things that, that on paper just doesn't make any sense at all. But I think when you think about it that way, how are you supposed to um, to really value or devalue? How are you supposed to access these wins? And while I'm on that subject. One of the very angry teams right now is Texas A&M. So the SEC seemed to have a pretty good year this year, but it didn't seem like they got max credit from the committee. Uh, A&M is 22-11. and 11. Most of the year, the commentary that I heard from at least a lot of LSU fans, but not just LSU fans, but that is that A&M was not very good. They were one of the, you know, bottom division teams in the in the um, or one of the quote unquote have nots in the SEC, uh, but they didn't win twenty two games. The team that apparently A and M fans are not happy is Notre Dame. In the quad one wins, A and M was four nine. Um, and Notre Dame was not that good. They were not as good as 4-9 in quad one wins. And so, you know, their net was 42. Notre Dame's net was 53. Uh, Those are all terms that some people get totally wrapped up in, and again, every time I start hearing, reading about discussions like this, I say... um, I am so glad that in professional sports we don't have to determine what, whether you can make the postseason or not is based on what some committee's interpretation of your season is. Oh, that's just awful. I mean, that just sounds awful. And so you go into, you like, you know, let's say, you know, I don't know, are there any diehard Texan and basketball fans? I'm sure there are some. Um, but that's not exactly a basketball school. But, um, you know, say you're a diehard Texas A&M basketball fan and you and you go through all the ups and emo- downs and the emotions and the agony and the angst that diehard fans go through, like, you know, kind of like I do with the Saints and the Astros and you do with whatever team that is your favorite, you know, LSU or UL or whoever, the Yankees or whoever, Um and you go through it and you get to it and you think you you think you did enough because you beat Florida and you beat Arkansas. Uh, and, and you think you did enough. And then some committee says, no, you didn't do enough. Well, then we, well you say, well, I did more than this team. <laughs> like, well, according to the, to the opinion of the, um, you know, we want someone from the ESPN league. We don't want your little team from from College Station. I mean, it's like, what have, what have I been doing all this for?
I don't know. I, I'm just, again, I, I, I'm just taking a moment of thankfulness that um, I just, you know, at least as like as agonizing as it can be sometime to be an Astro fan or to be a, uh, a Saints fan, die hard, uh, at least if the Astros or the Saints win enough games to get in, there isn't the opinion of some committee that can say, oh, no, you might have, you might have better numbers. Your record might be better, but you don't get in because we don't like you as much. You're not going to bring as many fans. Whatever goes into a committee's thing, well, Notre Dame, even though its numbers were not as good as Texas A&M's numbers, we're going to put them in instead. You know, in, a, in the pro sports uh, that would be you were from an ESPN division and you were not, so you get in and you don't. <laughs> uh, but but in, in, in terms of just basketball, the whole conference tournament thing, it is so convoluted. Do the games matter or do they not? If, if you beat a team that's not really trying to win, should you get max credit for it or not? I don't know. Tough, tough deal. Anyway, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back, finish out the first hour on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. West Louisiana's Sports Station. Why doesn't Kevin Foote talk more basketball? Because it's in the best interest for his health not to discuss basketball. I had to give up basketball to save my life. I cannot take basketball. It's way too subjective. More footnotes coming up on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Footed the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Again, we are out at Lutrion for the Chittimacha Louisiana Open, presented by Mistross. We will be out here all week. Thanks to the following people, Tibbs Trailers. You thinking trailers? Think Tibbs Trailers, whether you tug it, tow it, or transport it. Tibbs Trailers is your headquarters for enclosed flatbeds or hydraulic trailers. You won't find a better selection than Tibbs Trailers between Scott and Dusaw. Rope, Soap, and Dope, Acadiana's workplace authority for over 20 years, offers supplies for all your industrial safety and janitorial needs. Online at ropesoapendope.com or visit their showroom on Highway 90. To find out how they can help your business, the Cigar Merchant. Always welcome to light up at the Cigar Merchant, Acadiana's premier cigar and pipe tobacco shop located in the All Center. As well as, fittingly, Golf Connection USA, Golf Connection. Louisiana.com, 
TaylorMade Stealth Driver is here. Large variety of golf bags and shoes as well. Golf Connection USA located 2009 West Pinhook Road in Lafayette. All right, so we, we've kind of tried to touch a lot of the bases. We'll get more into um, the Cajun baseball and softball, a few more thoughts about that. But we touched on some of the big rumors and trades going on in Major League Baseball as well as Deshaun, some general thoughts on Deshaun Watson rumors. Tom Brady coming out in the next hour. Would love to hear your opinion. Again, the uh, game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. I would love to hear your opinion on, uh, if you're a Saints fan, do you want, would you give the okay on this on any of these trade offers that we're reading? In general, do you want Deshaun Watson, one? And two, if you're okay with acquiring Deshaun Watson, do you would you be willing to do it if it's if for you know three first round picks and three starters uh three first round picks and you know maybe a second round pick and two or three of your top notch players oh man it's a, it, it could get expensive will it take more than the Russell Wilson trade to get Deshaun Watson he's younger you know i um the deal is dealing with the Texans is is not like dealing with anyone else. You just never know what the Texans are going to do. They've done so many things that just don't make any sense. It's kind of crazy. All right. We will take a break. Take a time out. Come back for a second hour of footnotes next on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The game hotline 706-0111, 706-0111. Would love to hear what you have to say about the NCAA basketball tournament selection, anything to do with college baseball or softball. The you know, all the crazy stuff going on in the NFL and rumors, Tom Brady's back. Uh, the the Saints are supposedly one of the team's most aggressive negotiating with the Texans about potentially getting Deshaun Watson. LSU men's basketball coach, as we last spoke on Friday, Will Wade was fired. So, uh, I mean, Major League Baseball rumors, and not just rumors. We discussed the in the first hour the trade that the Yankees made with the Twins, and so lots of... Stuff to talk about in Major League Baseball as well. It is a crazy time of the sports season. I, I thought we'd get, to, I thought we'd get to the NFL draft somewhat this week because we haven't talked about it. But I don't know with all this stuff going on, we may not have to. We might have to push that back another week. We'll see. 
We will see. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Talk to our old friend Jules. Hello. What's up, Kevin? Oh, man, a lot going on, my man. How are you? Doing doing fine, doing fine. I know you, you're kind of ragging on uh, committees in college sports, but uh, when you have 350 teams playing uh, college basketball, uh, and that's about the only thing you can do uh, is get a committee together to pick the field unless you want to go back to the good old days and only the conference champion gets in. Right. No, I'm not ragging on him. I'm basically sympathizing with him is, okay, if you are a committee member, how are you supposed to (laughs) interpret these conference tournament games where one of the teams who has great numbers and is highly ranked doesn't really care whether they win or not? That happens in pro sports. Tanking. Even even in MLB well, yeah, now. but again, you either uh, beat them and you're in or not. Their, I mean, uh, agreement, it's not up to a committee. They want the, the weighted lottery now. Yes. Like right. What I'm saying is, so, you if know, you beat that team, don't count. They, well, I mean, no. they count in the standings, but they don't matter, evidently. Right. And, but and you hear what it your record is too. does matter in pro sports. It means everything. And and in college sports, you can have a better record and better numbers and still not get in because of the opinion of a committee member. Well, you can win a division with a two and seventeen record and make the playoffs because you won a division and get seated above teams with better records just because you won a division. Right, but you know that going in. Everyone knows that going in. There, there, there is no subjectivity there. It is what it is. I mean, before the season, we know if you do this compared to your competition, you're in. No questions asked. That's what I'm. That's the point I'm making. I, I couldn't live with that other side. That's just craziness. Well, you know going in that if you win your conference tournament, you're going to get in. Well, yeah, that's true. But okay. So, if Jules, if you were a committee member, would you give max credit to the Texas A&M's of the world for beating a team that, on theoretically, it does not matter whether they win or not? I, you know, you're saying that it doesn't uh, that the game doesn't matter. That's being subjective, right there. No, no, no. It matters to the Texas A&M's of the world. I'm saying, does it matter? Um, because if we're, what I'm saying is, if you give the Texas A&M of the world max credit, should you then give max punishment to the Arkansas's of the world? Well, when you say uh, giving max credit to Texas A&M. <clears throat> They they beat Florida in the first game, and Florida was on the bubble, so they were trying. Uh, they beat Auburn. Auburn was trying to get a number one seed, so they were trying. Tennessee was trying to get a, a number two seed and win the uh, conference tournament, so they were trying. I mean, you're going to have a, a, a team there that doesn't care, but... That team is usually going to go out in the first round like the LSU women did. You know, Mulkey came out and said she wasn't worried about the tournament. Right. And the team played like it. (laughs) 
that game was over, you know. Right, but I, I, I think I think I think we're discussing two different things here. I, I, I'm not, what what I'm saying is there are teams that are that have already got their their established kind of set. It doesn't matter. They're not going to get punished for losing that game because I think like A and M beating an Auburn means more in the regular season than it means in the conference tournament. Well, uh, to me, the the regular season is really what uh, teams should be uh, uh, judged on, not the conference tournament. That exactly. And if you if you know your history, uh, years ago the ACC was the only uh, league that had a conference tournament, um, and the champion of that tournament went to the NCAA. But back then, only one team from a conference right. won. Right. So right. what happened was all of these other leagues decided once the NCAA expanded the field to where multiple teams could get in, and so that meant that your Kentucky, who won the regular season title, is going to get in whether they uh, – Win the tournament or not? Right, and that's right. all. That's right. all yeah, done we, for we, we 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 get that. We'll we'll um we'll we'll um get to another caller. I understand your point. I'm just saying. I, I think it's it's more convoluted for the for the committee member to interpret these conference tournament games than most of us give it credit for. But I appreciate the call. Let's go right. on back to the game hotline and talk to Chad. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Howdy. Hey, but man, I'm sorry I kind of missed some of your a uh, little bit of your last call. But man, in some regards, it didn't matter. Uh, no, Tennessee won uh, the whole SEC, and from the beginning, uh, Labardi said that they were going to be a number three seed regardless if they won or lost, and and they won the whole damn SEC. So I don't know how that makes sense. How you could go into a tournament saying no matter what they do, they beat Kentucky twice, they beat uh, Arizona, they beat uh, all these top ranked teams, and they still got a three seed. Uh, after winning, uh, after winning the whole thing, so uh, I don't know how it makes sense, man. Well, again, that that's what I'm saying. It seems as if over the years, it's like some teams get credit for what they do in conference tournament. Exactly. Some teams get exactly. passes for what they do in conference tournament, and some exactly. teams don't get credit for what they do in conference tournaments. That is the exactly. subjectivity that I'm talking about. That right, it's just hard right. to figure out. I, absolutely. I, I, in my opinion, I do think Texas A&M. Uh, it's all about who's hot. Who's hot at the end? Uh, I think. I mean, they ran through the SEC tournament. Uh, I think they deserve to get in. I think it was between them and Wyoming, and they put both of them in. Uh, I mean, I think they're. Be- I think they're one of the best uh, uh, field, uh, teams in the field. I think. I guess what is it, sixty-four? Why not? But uh, anyway, thank you, Kev. All right, appreciate it. Again, I'm not really bashing any of those three scenarios, I get why someone would say, well, you know, just throw, you know, he mentioned Arizona, Arizona or Kentucky or Gonzaga, just pick one of the top two or three seeds. I get why someone would say, well, yeah, they lost in the tournament, but it didn't really matter. I mean, they weren't playing, you know, we are, we had already established their, their credentials or their, that you know they they were kind of locked into a one seed or a two seed or at least a top two seed or whatever. I get that, um, and I get why someone would say, "Well, you know, A and M beat Auburn and they beat 
you know, all these teams, but did Auburn really have their commit? You know, I guess you don't really know, but you, you know, you, you, you say they beat these teams, so they should be in. But personally, and I think Jules kind of agree with me, what he said at the end is that if they would beat Auburn in the regular season, it would mean more than if they beat them in the conference tournament because you know Auburn's trying to win in the regular season. You don't really know if they're trying to win for full-fledged in the conference tournament. And yet, at face value, to most of us, in our way of thinking, the postseason game is more important than a regular season game. But a lot of times in college sports, especially basketball, it's really not. So it's just very convoluted is the point of all this to me. And I, and I think trying to interpret it all to Jules' original point with over 300 teams, it's, it's, it can get pretty complicated. And my point in all of this from a more of a pro sports fan mentality is that it's just it's just so much um neater it's kind of like the it's kind of like comparing who makes the hall of fame in like tennis compared to who makes the hall of fame in baseball and in um you know nfl or whatever and it's funny because i love the fact like in tennis, you, you 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 win so many tournaments, or you you know, there's like a, there is no subjectivity. You have to reach. You win this many tournaments, or you you win this many majors, uh, Grand Slam events, rather. Then you're in. You're a Hall of Famer. It's just you you got to reach. You got to achieve this level. This is the line. If you reach that level, you're in. Well, in the others, and I, and I like that for like whether you get to the postseason as a team in individual season, but I prefer the subjectivity of the Hall of Fame. So I guess I'm a little bit hypocritical there, but um, but that's kind of how it is, and in in, in in the NFL and in Major League Baseball to get into those Hall of Fame, it's a committee, and therefore you have all these arguments. Oh, they should be in, or they shouldn't be in. It, it's kind of like it is with um, college sports getting into the postseason, where the NFL and pro sports is it's cut. I mean, you have you have to win. If you win more games than the other team, you're in. Doesn't matter who you played. Doesn't matter what we think about the teams that you played. It doesn't matter if you beat them then or you beat them when you beat them. Your record is your record, and you either have enough wins to get in or you don't have enough wins to get in. Doesn't matter what your strength of schedule is. Doesn't matter, you know, if you beat a team from the SEC as opposed to the SWAC or the Sunbelt. None of that matters. It just matters whether you win enough games compared to the teams in your division and your conference and you get in. So a lot more straightforward, a lot less convoluted, just neater. Let things be done decently and in order. All right, we will take a timeout and come back with more after this timeout. Want to hear your opinions of Deshaun Watson, Tom Brady, the NCAA basketball tournament, Major League Baseball, all kind of crazy stuff going on and and also want to make some comments on something that i saw yesterday at russo park that was beautiful so refreshing beautiful to see we'll talk about that and more when we come back after this time out on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station are you fluent in footlish not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Old Tucktail. Tucktail. Noun. A former NFL coach. 
who put his tail between his legs and went back to college, where it's easier to win. Also known as Nick Saban. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. If you would like to argue about the NCAA tournament teams or whatever, if you would like to talk about Deshaun Watson, Tom Brady, Cajun LSU baseball, Cajun LSU softball, whatever you would like. The uh, game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. Want to remind you, we are out at Latriumph for the Chittimacha, Louisiana Open presented by Mistras. And we are out here thanks to the following sponsors, Tibbs Trailers. You're thinking trailers, think Tibbs Trailers. Whether you tug it, tow it, or transport it, Tibbs Trailers is your headquarters for enclosed flatbeds or hydraulic trailers. You won't find a better selection than Tibbs Trailers between Scott and Dusan. Or, or and, Rope Soap and Dope, Katiana's workplace authority for over 20 years, offers supplies for all your industrial, safety, and janitorial needs online at ropesoapanddope.com or visit their showroom on Highway 90. Find out how they can help your business. The Cigar Merchant, you're always welcome to light up at the Cigar Merchant, Katiana's premier cigar and pipe tobacco shop located in the Oil Center. And most fittingly for the Louisiana Open, great sponsor, Golf Connection USA, golfconnectionlouisiana.com. Tailor-made stealth drivers are here. Large uh, variety of golf bags and shoes as well. The Golf Connection USA is located 2009 West Pinhook Road in Lafayette. Also want to um, to remind you, if you would like to win a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, you need to sign up for the Rewards Club by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Today, if you do, you might win a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. All right, yesterday um, saw the Cajun softball team win another Sunbelt Conference Series. Overall, it was not a good um, weekend for Cajun softball. They lost the game to a team in Georgia State. I, I don't, I don't, you know, I guess it, ranking losses, bad losses is a subjective thing. One of the worst losses for the program in the last, you know, five years, ten years, however long back you want to go. Um, so not a good, not a good weekend because they had a bad loss. But it was good to see them bounce back in the manner w- which they did. Um, and um, you know, Taylor Roman hit a home run to complete kind of a team cycle in that inning. Um, you know, Stormy Kotzenick went hit a little lower in the lineup. We'll see how long that lasts. The lineup kind of got all over the place, and so we'll see 
what plays on what happens there. The baseball team saw something I did not expect to see yesterday. Jeff Wilson, who has been a guy to go four to five innings. He looked like he was going to be a five-inning pitcher or a four-inning pitcher as a potential weekend starter. Well, he went nine. He went nine. The longest start for the Cajuns in their first 12 games was five and a third innings. All year, that was their longest start of any starter. Um, Starting pitcher. Well, Jeff Wilson went nine yesterday through a complete game, 129 pitches. I was like, wow, wow. So unless his arm is sore, uh, he, uh, I can, we don't know a whole lot about where the Cajuns pitching staff is. All they got left on the schedule before their Sunbelt Conference opener at Troy Friday is a road game to, to McNeese against, uh, to Lake Charles on Wednesday against McNeese, another good team in the state to play where that you could get beat if you don't play well for sure. Um, uh, but I think you can pencil in or ink in Jeff Wilson as long as his arm's not sore from throwing 129 pitches. But, no, that was that was great to see. You know, I didn't know if we'd see that all year. And out of the blue, he throws nine innings. Cajun's got a season-high 17 hits. A lot of guys who hadn't been getting any hits at all got hits. Um, you know, Bobby Lede's been struggling. He hit a homer. Uh, Heath Hood has been struggling most of the year. He had two home runs and on Friday before the suspended game and had another big hit, um, the big day yesterday, driving in three and getting three hits. And Carson Rockefeller continued. But a um, lot, lot of interesting things that, that took place over the weekend. Yeah, you would like to have sweet, but still, you played a good team. You won the series. Uh, you might have got going a little bit offensively. And you had Jeff Wilson throw a complete game in uh, a victory over Houston, which had won 9 out of 10 coming into the series. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Talk to Paul. Hello. Morning, Foot. Good morning, sir. Well, you, your Yankees made a trade. Were you happy with it? Well, well I, I didn't like Sanchez. I'm glad Sanchez is going. You know that. Yeah. So, I, I wanted to ask why I have about two, three questions. So, how do you? Be honest. Take your Yankee hate. Put it on the trash can. How do you? What do you think about that trade? I, I, I like it. Well, it gives you a solid option. Again, I'm not saying Isaiah Kiner Falefa is better than Carlos Correa or even better than Trevor Story, but I think he's good, and I, I think he could. I could see him being a good, productive member of a good team. So uh, I got no problem with uh, with him. You know, I I don't know what to think of Josh Donaldson. I I, th- I kind of thought his career was close to being over a couple years ago because of injuries, but he had a pretty productive year last year. It seemed like he uh, he had twenty something bombs and he drove in seventy something runs. So I could see him um, working out. So you got rid of a catcher who you didn't really like, and Gio's just right. kind of a, a platoon type player and a part time starter here and there. So I think it was right. a good trade for the Yankees. Because I think so too. We needed a um, a third baseman and a um, shortstop. We definitely needed that. So I, I'm I'm, happy, I'm actually happy with the trade. I just hope they, yeah. they fit. They're gonna look good in strikes, though. <laughs> Everybody does. <laughs> but all right, two questions, pretty much. This is about Watson. Okay, 
do you from all the offers that you hear that that we really been dealing about? Do you like any one of them? Well, I don't ever like giving up three first round draft picks. I mean that that look, it, it, I, it's gonna be hard to, for me to ever celebrate that. But it's gonna okay. take three first round draft picks plus maybe one or two other picks plus maybe one or two or three other players. So you kind of got to know that going in. So do I love any of it? No. But, again, the one trade, like, and I don't believe it because I think it's going to take more than this, but (laughs) three first-round picks in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, I'd have to pull the trigger on that. But I don't think they'll get away, be able to get away with just one player and three first-round picks. I think it's going to be more than that. Okay, because this is what I'm looking at. I don't know how they're going to pay Watson and Darnold. They, they, I mean, he only contract for like four years with a five-year extension option. But how you pay two quarterbacks, I don't know. What you're going to do, how you're going to move on, I don't think nobody's going to want him anyway. He's trash. Now, what I think, when it comes to this, I wouldn't bet the ranch and give up a, a lot of my players. I don't care too much about them draft picks, the first rounds, because most of you guys come out pretty good, the Camaros and the other rounds and everything, coast and so on, you know. I think they're more hungrier than a first-rounder. So, I, I mean, getting a quarterback like Watson, I, I think you go for the deal without trying to give up too much of your aspect of your team. I mean, you can get rid of Cam Jordan, or you can get rid of Davin Poop, for all I care. You know, they, they both need to go anyway. Oh. I, mean, I mean, that's what I'm looking at. I just look at, I think you got to go for Watson. Like you always talk about, I mean, hey, you want the honors to get them because they leading right now of getting them, or, or we get them. Oh, I, I'm worried about the Arnolds getting them for sure. So we we we, we got to make this deal. We, if they get them, we I mean that that's that's bad for us. So we got a line to do. We can't let the Arnolds get them. And you ain't going to no Jets, you know. So it's out of pretty much out of us and the Arnolds. Miami they pull back. They don't want them. They, they with two now. So I mean, I think in this situation with old cheating Tom Brady coming back, you got to line this deal. And we got a sorry coach. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not sold on the guy. So, I mean, I think if, if they pull this trigger, if they draft right, I think it's going to be worth it. And then, well, then it's going to be – it, 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 it's a little scary. It's a little scary, but, it, you know, it would certainly – there would be an exciting um, side to it as well. So, so you got a good and, trade, and you're hoping they make the Deshaun Watson trade. So, we'll see what happens. And, we talk, and that's going to bring – that's going to draw guys like Landry to come for us to sign as well, other receivers or whoever. Cause we got a quarterback. Just my opinion, foot. Just wanted to hear your take, bro. All right, I appreciate it. All right, it. have a good one. I think a lot of people agree with what Paul said. All right, let's go back to the game hotline and uh, see what Ted's got to say. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Yes, sir. <clears throat> hey, how's it going, man? Oh, how are you? Good. So this whole uh, this Sean Watson thing. Uh, like I'm kind of excited but nervous at the same time, right? Oh but like, yes, Deuce, join the club. Right. Deuce McAllister brought up a good point. He talked about uh, he's like having all this young talent's good, right? It's awesome. But like when it, how are we gonna keep all these people? You know what I'm saying? Like when Chauncey Garner comes up for contract extensions, how are we gonna pay him? Ramcheck, uh, Eric McCoy, um. You know, we we have a lot of young talent on the team. But right, like but one of the trade offers I saw said they're gonna trade three first round draft picks plus Ramcheck, plus McCoy, plus um Gus, plus 
Davenport, I mean, you would give up that much? I, I don't know if I could no, go that that's, much. I, that's too much. Like, I rather, At that point, you won't have an it, offensive line. When it gets line. to that point, it, when it, if it gets to that point, dude, just stick with Jameis Winston, you know? But I don't yeah, think he's going like, to. I can't go that far. I just can't go that far. I think Jameis Winston, I don't know, man. I think he's like, he might be done with the Saints, you know? If well, they, look, you know. J- Jameis theoretically is talking to other teams too. You know, entertaining thought, you know, conversations with like the Steelers and the Colts. I think I, I'm hoping both sides there understands that you, both sides have to do their due diligence. Both sides have to see if they have better options out there, or or at least survey all their options before. And I, I think both sides will be mature enough to handle and understand the business side of it. At least you hope so. But but you bring up a good point. Here's the worst-case scenario for a lot of people. We don't end up with anyone. Right. We In other words, you alienate Jameis to the point where he doesn't believe you're sold on him. Deshaun ends up going to the Arnolds, and Jameis gets alienated and ends up going to the Colts or the Steelers or somewhere else, and then Teddy's your starting quarterback. Yeah. See, because what I want is either Jameis and Teddy – or Deshaun, if you don't have to give up too much to get him. Um, but I don't really know that I want Teddy as my starter as as much as I did two or three years ago. So, man, this is – it's a tricky deal. Tricky. Yeah. And, hey, just stick with me. Uh, you know, I don't know as much about baseball, right? But, like, I heard you were talking about Derrickson, uh, Horry Soler. That's the guy that uh, – he played for uh, the Nationals, right? He played for the Braves last year. We couldn't get him out in the World Series. Right. Okay. He's a beast. Yeah, that dude's awesome. But, like, don't – isn't he, like, the same thing as Jordan Alvarez? Yes. He's a DH, essentially. Yeah. Right. But, like, he's the same build and – you know what I'm saying? I don't know. You're saying he could get better defensively? What was that? I said, are you saying he could get better defensively? Who's that? Jordan or uh, uh, Solaire? Yeah, Solaire. I uh, I guess I, I, isn't Jordan is like good in in the outfield, right? Like he. <laughs> I mean, he's he like, okay. Pop- I mean, he's he's below. He's probably slightly below average for a DH. He does fine. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 okay. it's it's a scary deal, but we'll see. I appreciate the call, Dave. All right, Kevin, thank you. All right. no, it's scary. Because you could come out with nothing. I agree. That is a very scary part of this. All right. Let's take a timeout. We will come back after this timeout. Take more of your phone calls. If you have opinions, I, I, I agree with. I mean, it's it's a scary deal. But, like, I think a lot of people are also like Paul. It's like you got to pull the trigger. The QWs of the world definitely think you ought to do it. I, I'm good with it to a certain point but uh depends on how much you have to give up we'll be back on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station are you fluent in footlish 
Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Grinky Dinky Dong. Grinky Dinky Dong. Noun. A quirky Cy Young Award winner with a funny name for the Houston Astros. Also known as Zach Grinky. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foot and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles. Wanna remind you if you would like to play golf with our man RP3, here's a great opportunity to do it. You could join the foursome. The game foursome at the Lake Charles Championship on Wednesday, March the 23rd, that would be about nine days away from now, with RP3. Now, we were calling RP3 the walrus, but I just saw him taking pictures at a golf course, and it kind of reminded me of Caddyshack. Wong, it's a parking lot. Stop taking pictures. So, you know, maybe we need to call him Wong instead of the walrus, but I don't know. Well, well, we we can debate that maybe, but anyway... To enter, to enter a chance for the game for some of the Lake Charles Golf Championship next week, you need to text Nugget to 683, text Nugget to 68683, and you might win a spot in the game for some of the Lake Charles Golf Championship with RP3 next week. Oh, man, this cat, this cat, his nicknames keep changing. <laughs> All right, let's uh, go back to the game hotline. Hello. 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 Go ahead, sir. Hello. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I'm calling to remind everyone about the quarterback club um, golf tournament for and on behalf of Michael Desimo on April the 7th, on April the 14th. Okay, uh, uh, tell us about that. How, how do you get um, get? To, how do you participate in this? All right, you can con- you can contact Kane Row, which is the which is the golf uh, course in New Iberia, and uh, they're going to have uh, food and drink and uh, silent auction and all that sort of stuff. And you don't have to play golf, but anyhow, that that money that's raised goes to the uh, Raging Cajun Quarterback Club, money to be used at the discretion of the head coach. All right. Michael Desimo. All right. Well, we appreciate I'm sure we'll hear more, more about that. We appreciate you letting us know, sir. April 14th in New Iberia. All righty. The weather should be should be really good by then, so that sounds promising. All right, thank you for the call, sir. Yeah, they've you know we've got uh, man golf. We've got uh, the Louisiana Classics going on today and tomorrow. We've got the the um, Louisiana Open, the Chittimacha Louisiana Open going on this week, and obviously you know that's another example of we've got benefit golf tournaments going on. Um, 
all over, and that's one that that someone might want to get in. Um, I'm sure you can go to RagingCajuns.com and get information about that benefit golf tournament for the cornerback uh, club there. So we appreciate him saying that. All right. Once again, the game hotline is 706-0111. Um, if you continue to, you know, it sounds like we've got a few people that are like me where you are – Certainly excited about the possibility, maybe, of getting a good young franchise quarterback. Even if you're not a QW like me, you you have to be excited about the possibility of that happening. But also very concerned about what it would cost to get that. And so, you know, the, there would be somewhat of a line, not just whatever it takes, you do it. Hmm. I don't know if I'd go for whatever it takes. And then there are other people who... I'm sure there are going to be people who are going to just be against it, and then there's going to be those who, uh, again, I have a friend that says, whatever it takes, do it. Oh, man, that whole whatever it takes can get out of hand. And, again, I, I want to remind myself and y'all, whoever it is, you're dealing with the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans do, think differently than pretty much every other team in the league. They operate differently. They make trades differently. So you just don't know how this is going to play out. Like, I would think by this time, the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson don't get along very well. And so how willing are they going to be able to go where Deshaun Watson wants him to go, but he does have a no-trade clause, but is he going to really want to pass up a trade for a team when you know that he's probably miserable being there? So, wow, what a messed-up situation that could be behind the scenes. So, again, remember, we're talking about the Houston Texans here. To me, that adds a whole different curveball to this whole deal. All right, let's go back to the game hotline and talk to Darren. Hello. All right. Three first, Davenport, and Andres Pete. Is that enough for you? Ooh. Um, I I would do it for that. Yeah. But right, no, but no, I would do it for that. But I don't think the Texans would do it for that. Is my point. I I think they're going to try to get more. But again, we're talking about the Texans, and so you never really know. But um. If that's what it is, I would say yes. But again, I think it's going to be more. So would you would you add Ramcheck and Gus? And by the way, Gus is on David on Yamada. Would you do that? Would you do it for all for for those four front line players and three first round picks and maybe a second or a third? I, I, I would do it in Gus for him. I'll do it. I'll do it in that for him. I think that's enough. So you would pull it for four frontline starters and like four draft picks. Yeah, I I, I think that would be enough. I, I, I oh, it'd be enough. The question is, is it too much? No, nah, I don't think that's too much because okay. you're getting a, 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 you're getting a quarterback. I think your line really needs to be reworked, and I think what you have on defense is enough. And I think Davenport is Peyton Turner 2.0, and I think. The, they're basically all the same player. You know, you understand what I'm saying? And I think Gus, which, who you call Gus, is a little bit too much, but I think you can always get another one of them, you know? And I think Pete, it's time for him to go. 
you, you need to rework your offensive line anyway. You understand what I'm saying? No, I, I get it. I get it. But, look, let's say Ruiz is as bad as everyone or most people think he is. And so then you already have to replace that. So if you rep- – I mean, I'm not saying you can't replace Pete. I'm saying what – you know, one of these trade rumors had you, – you, you're already talking about losing Armstead, and one of these trade rumors had Ramchek, which makes zero sense to me. So if you lose Armstead and Ruiz is bad, as bad as he's looked a lot at times over the last two years, and you lose Ramchek and or Pete, then you're talking about having to rebound basically your whole offensive line. But if you, I, I think if you lose Pete and Ramchek, you're not going to lose Armstead. You're going to lose one or the one or two, but not all three. I, I see what you're saying. You're saying that if they did that, they might re-sign Armstead. Yes, I got you. I, I I get what you're thinking. So it sounds like you're more on the favor of just about anything you'd be willing to 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 do to get to get a a young franchise quarterback. Which I understand. I understand that point of view. I'm just, oh man, uh, offensive but, but line. I, but, but I definitely think you should get throw Pete in there and Davenport. That's, I got you. Those two must go. All right. No, I appreciate it. Thank you for the call, sir. Um, remember, and again, going back to what I said in the last before uh, Darren called, how much of the te- how much of Deshaun Watson's hopes and wishes are the Texans going to want to give into? Uh, I'm sure it's pretty bitter there, um, but. So, so say Deshaun Watson, I guess this came from his agent, has three cr- main criteria. One, he wants a stable head coach. Uh, the Saints are a stable organization, but they got a first-year head coach. But, again, he's not gonna buy, they're not going to fire him after one year, you wouldn't think, unless things really go bad. So I would think there's some stability there. Um, Two is an offensive line, and if you decimate your offensive line to trade for him, then eh, I don't know how that works. And three is a defense, which they're good on defense unless you have to give up too much to get them. So, you know, that's always a tricky deal there. All right, uh, let's get one more call in before we get to our next timeout. Hello. Hey, Foot, what's up? It's Jason. How Howdy, sir. Good. Hey, um, yeah, last week I called and I was I was kind of dead set against Russell. But uh, but this is a little different. I mean, I think the main thing with Deshaun is he's so young. And then the second thing is, I mean, you, you keep talking about the Texans. I mean, with the no-trade clause, I mean, Deshaun can pretty much dictate what he wants to do here. So in my opinion, I mean, I think if the Saints are smart, I mean, let's say Deshaun goes meet with the Saints this week and says, man, that's where I want to go. I'm not going anywhere but the Saints. Let's just imagine that would happen hypothetically. I mean, then, then kind of the Texans' hands are tied. I mean, they they gotta gotta either do what the Saints want to do, or you just sit him on the bench all year and he doesn't play for you. So I'm, I'm right. Kind of looking but what at I'm it, saying I'm, I'm hoping is, making them a smart and and do and do a smart thing and not just you know give them everything because maybe they don't have to give them everything. Right. That that's kind of half of what I'm saying with the the. T- the Texans have made some trades where it's like, man, they didn't get nearly enough for this. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And again, like you said, it's the Texans. I mean, yeah. they may do something stupid here where they keep saying three first-rounders, but like I said, if Deshaun really wants to go there, 
Maybe the Saints only give them two first-rounders. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to happen. But to me, I think the fact that Deshaun can kind of say whether or not he wants to go could dictate a, you know, a lot of the way this plays out. And maybe the other thing, too, is I mean, like I think some callers said it earlier, maybe the Saints are feeling like Jameis might walk. I mean, maybe, maybe they're hearing that he's leaving and, and he, for whatever reason, and maybe this is kind of their fallback and, you know, we got we to gotta do something. Well, I think this is what they, they want to get an elite quarterback, and so they're going to try everything they can to get an elite young quarterback. And I think Jameis is, is quote-unquote, the fallback, but I think it's a very good fallback because it's the best second option no. that there is. And so, I agree, and that's what I said yeah. last week. I agree. I agree. I mean, I love Jameis. I got nothing against the guy, but, I mean, this is Deshaun Watson. I mean, No, you're, you're right. No, the the right. guy's only going to be 27 years old. He turns 27 in September. I mean, you could have this guy for 15 years. I mean, again, we, I think we signed. I think Drew might have been 26 or 27 when we signed him. No, absolutely. I mean, look what, you can, look what you can get, you know? I, I, absolutely. All right, I got to take a break. I appreciate the call. Right, Thank you, sir. Take care. Bye-bye. We'll take a timeout. Be back on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. So we've had a busy Monday, lots to talk about. It's going to be a busy week all week out at Chittimacha, Louisiana Open at La Triumph, presented by Mistross. And again, we want to thank our sponsors for the week, uh, Tibbs Trailers, Rope Soap and Dope, The Cigar Merchant, and Golf Connection. USA, and we will, um, again, we got all week. Wednesday is going to be a huge day. The NFL, the the, the new year um, in the NFL, all the free agents officially become free agents on Wednesday so we can get moves then. Well, maybe by then we'll know where Carlos Correa and Trevor Story and some of the big free agents that are still out there. Uh, Major League Baseball was going on on Wednesday. The Cajuns will play McNeese and It'll be the Pro-Am Day here out at Le Triumph. So um, tomorrow's going to be basically a practice day here, a little more laid back. A lot of uh, you know Pro-Ams going on today and Wednesday, and then the tournament, four-day tournament action starts um, tomorrow um, on Thursday, I should say. Sounded like the weather tomorrow is the only iffy day, and after that we're going to be okay. So hopefully the weather is good. Um, out here tomorrow, but appreciate all the phone calls. Got lots of different opinions. Fun to listen to what everybody thinks about all these trade rumors. It's kind of part of what makes sports talk radio lots of fun. We got a lot of it going on this week with Deshaun Watson and Carlos Correa and Jorge Soler and all of it. It's lot, lots and lots of fun. Appreciate all the phone calls. Y'all have a nice day.